Behind the Bite podcast is part of a network of podcasts that are good for the world. Check out podcasts like the Full of Shit podcast, After the First Marriage podcast, and Eating Recovery Academy over at practiceofthepractice.com backslash network. Welcome to Behind the Bite podcast. This podcast is about the real life struggles women face with food, body image, and weight. We're here to help heal, inspire, and create better, healthier lives. Welcome. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to today's show. You know, I don't know about you, but I hear things all of the time from people that still give me the idea that people are still linking together what they eat and exercise as if they are not two totally separate things. And I've even straight up asked people what they think happens once they eat something. And more often than not, I get told that they think that the food just sits there. It's like it sits there until they go exercise it off. And if they don't go exercise it off, then they'll just gain weight. And I know I've said this in podcasts before, and I will repeat it here again, and I'll probably repeat it again in the future, but food is fuel. It keeps us alive. We need it to keep all of our parts working. Our heart is constantly pumping. Our lungs are constantly breathing. And those are just to name two of our many, many parts that all need fuel to keep us going on a continual basis. We don't plug in like cell phones, so we need our source of energy. Look, once we eat something like food, it's our fuel and it gets used immediately. It's just like when we go to the gas station when our tank's empty, we fill up our tanks and the second we turn on the car and start driving away, we immediately start using the gas we just put in there. The gas just doesn't stay in the tank. So no, exercise does not exist just to burn off the fuel you just ate. And you wouldn't know it based on how it's talked about in our society or by looking at the overabundance of ads out there for gyms or personal trainers. So I'm really thrilled today to have an open, honest discussion with our guest today. She's really ready to cut through the BS that's out there and just discuss exercise and why she's a personal trainer who does not have weight loss or achieving a certain look as goals for her clients. Amanda Braddock is a Boston-based spin instructor, personal trainer, and body image and mindset coach. She also hosts a weekly podcast, The Build with Brabeck podcast, which explores the female experience through an anti-diet and body confident lens. She hopes through her work, both one-on-one with clients in a group or class setting, and through her podcast, that she can help other women ditch diet culture and work to heal their relationships with food, exercise, and their bodies. All right. Well, Amanda, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to chat. Me too. So, you know, this has been a a long time coming and um, so very excited to talk to you because, uh, you know, we're very like-minded in lots of ways, even though we do very different things. And um, so, you know, I'm very curious for you if you would like to share a little bit about your, I guess, path toward how you got to this place in uh, your career, because it's a little bit different than I, I think most people, you know, when I hear personal trainer, I, you know, have my own ideas. And I think maybe some people listening might go, why are you having a personal trainer on here? Yeah. So um, yeah, would you mind sharing a little bit? Yeah, no. And I love that because I feel like the 
the majority of personal trainers that you see are maybe not so aligned with the messaging um, that you promote. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think that I would love to do what you do. But at this point in my life, like, I know I'm just not going to go back to school and do all the hard work that it takes to get there. So like, if my lane can be making the fitness industry a little more positive, I will take that. Um, but so I, I guess going like way back, um, ever since I really can remember in my like teenage, young adult life and on, I kind of had some really disordered patterns with eating and with exercising and some body dysmorphia and really just placing all my value on how small I was, um, Mm -hmm. which is no surprise because that's exactly what we're told for however long. And like, I had wonderful parents and like a super supportive and positive mother. It wasn't even like I had someone that was, you know, telling me to go on a diet or criticizing my looks or anything. So, um, but then I went to college and I felt like after that sort of felt like I worked through a lot of that and was doing a lot better. Um, and then I was working in marketing, totally different industry and sort of fell in love with group fitness and became a group fitness instructor in Boston. Um, and then kind of just saw some really positive sides of the industry, um, in terms of like the type of class I was going to, um, kick it by Eliza. I'll give her a little shout out. Um, I no longer teach her method, but she has a virtual platform. So go check her out. It is, it was the first fitness class or community that I ever felt didn't feel judgmental. It felt very positive and welcoming and empowering to women. Um, and so I kind of jumped in head first and became certified in a bunch of other things and then became a personal trainer and quit my corporate job and have just kind of been doing that ever since. Mm -hmm. Um, but then I was sort of surprised when I was in it fully immersed in it and kind of made that transition really quickly, how much all of my body stuff came back and Mm -hmm. my eating stuff came back and it very much became this comparison, I guess, of, oh, well, if I don't look like that trainer, then no clients are going to want to work with me. If I'm not this size, if I don't have abs, if I don't, whatever, no one's going to trust that I can, you know, give them the results that they're looking for, or no one's going to want to take my class. And it became a very negative thing. Um, And honestly, I don't want to like say good things about COVID, but um, a silver lining for that stage of life was the me forcing, being forced to seriously slow down. Obviously, like everything came to a halt. I was laid mm-hmm. off from my job at the gym that I was working at. And it actually was the best thing to ever happen because I actually had so much alone time and time to actually reflect and think about why I felt this way for so many years and why, what me following along with all the other industry trends, I guess that you would call it, um, in terms of wanting to look a certain way or think that my worth was just in that only hurts the clients 
that I love and takes away from the community that I want to foster. So that was very long-winded, but that's, I guess, how we got here today. Yeah, but I can see how, you know, that interesting that you said that. I never really thought about it from the trainer's perspective in terms of the pressure you feel and kind of like, you know, you marketing yourself and what people are coming to a trainer for, um, which is kind of what I wanted to talk about today, which is, yeah, you know, I, I hear all the time people saying, you know, um, well, the, at least the people I'm working with, they're looking for trainers that aren't focused on I think much of what you're talking about, people look, my way, <laughs> right? People um, <laughs> looking for exercise to be something other than all this, you know, eating disorder stuff and about, yeah. you know, trying to look a certain way. And, um, you know, our diet culture society is always promoting yeah. weight loss and, and really tying exercise and, and, you know, losing weight together and making it about that and having to look a certain way and, the goals of exercise being to attain this certain look, like you said, instead of, you know, other goals for exercise, right? Um, <laughs> so sad. And I've actually heard people say, you know, I'm looking for a trainer that looks like me so I cannot feel intimidated or, you know, I can feel like they can relate to me. And so really interesting that you said you felt the pressure to have to look like this ideal so that people would want to hire you. I know it is so interesting. And I'm sure that so much of that was just like my own internal insecurities and things that I needed to work through. But it also was just, which is like, so Instagram, but was also this weird Instagram culture of like, just all of these trainers and instructors and stuff like posting pictures of them like lifting up their shirt showing their abs or like you know the gym selfies with like mm -hmm. the angles where their butt looks really big and but muscular like of course not you know and then it kind of became like oh do I have to do that to become mm -hmm. successful is that what the success looks like and I think now that I've been in the industry longer and I'm more confident in my abilities and my beliefs and my values and all of that. I can kind of see through all of the smoke and mirrors and the BS, if you will. Yeah. So let's talk about that, like cutting through the BS. Like what have you realized is all the BS that we're all seeing? Yeah. I mean, I think the biggest thing is just like, like we all know that what diet culture is and what it does. And now we're kind of seeing this shift into wellness culture, which is kind of the same thing, just more in disguise because, which is so the pattern of, if you look back to like, I don't know, however long ago, and the ads were literally like, you don't want to be fat, take this to be skinny. And then, you know, slowly over time, they had to be more and more tricky with it because people didn't like that and saw through it. And now we're totally on the other end. But um, it feels very, very similar with a lot of these trainers too, right? Like, they know that they'll get more clients, or they'll be able to sell a program really quick if they are posting before and after pictures of these, you know, a really big weight loss or a big transformation or promising like, you'll get a flat tummy with this workout or you'll burn this amount of calories with this workout. And 
they one can't promise that mm -hmm. and two is just bury that like low hanging fruit a very easy cash grab because people are still looking for that quick fix you know you're preying on people's insecurities and i don't feel good about doing that kind of marketing and i mean that's really not even like how i would ever promote myself anyways but um yeah i feel like it's a lot of this just showy and knowing what people's insecurities are because they have the same ones themselves and then even if they aren't consciously doing it, even if they're just feeling like, oh, well, this is what I see everyone else doing. So like, I guess this is just what you do to get more clients or something. It's not good. <laughs> but and I think you bring up a really good point is they're marketing and preying on people's pain points. And so when someone's in like a really down spot or maybe they're really feeling insecure about something, you know, on social media, it can be really easy to you know, see post after post after post after post to get into a really bad spot and feel really insecure about yourself. And then bam, you get sent this ad for, you know, this personal trainer who's like, look what I can do. And bam, you're primed for, okay, you know, this is the solution to make me feel better to, you know, help with this pain point that I'm feeling right now. And, you know, that, that makes me sick when I know that that's going on, first yeah. of all. And you don't even know like what's going on behind the scenes too. I mean, so many of these people are probably feeling the way that I used to feel in terms of like, I should do X, Y, and Z. And I have to do this extra workout. Like when I was in that time of my life, I look back and first of all, just have no idea how I was functioning with like the little amount that I was eating and feeling the pressure to like, show up at the gym that I was working at and like have a presence of like people seeing me taking the workout classes. And like, there were times I was like taking two of these like high intensity classes a day where now I'm like, I don't even know if I want to do one a week. <laughs> like, it just, you don't really see what's going on behind the scenes with them. I mean, so many of them have these like maybe it sounds really mean and I don't mean for it to come off that way. Cause it makes me sad that those people are dealing with that, whether or not they like realize it. But like, I think so much of the like gym culture is kind of like glorified disordered eating, glorified disordered relationships with exercise with their bodies and all of that. You know, like they're, they're measuring their food for their whole entire lives and mm -hmm. missing out on really happy memories with their friends and, or their family or, you know, yeah, and that's another interesting part. Like, where's the line between a personal trainer, like, helping somebody maybe learn the gym equipment or, you know, like, yeah, maybe helping somebody just kind of be, I guess, motivated to just work out if they don't have their motivation themselves. Um, and I hear so often people say, oh, my trainer gave me a meal plan or my trainer told me not to eat X, Y, or Z or that they told me to eat this and that. And I, and I don't know too many personal trainers who are also certified like in nutrition or nutrition counseling, but yet it seems like they're doling out a lot of information that, you know, when I hear it, I'm like, wow, that's really not nutritionally sound. No. Um, I don't know what you found working in the field, but is are they also like nutritionists, or are they just doling out information based on their own, whatever they're eating? 
Yeah. I mean, I think you see a mix of it. Like when I got my certification through NASM um, and they like really, really hammer home. They'll, they'll teach you like very, very basic things about like how nutrition works in terms of like what the macros are and micronutrients and like, so you can maybe give people like super, super vague information, not meal plans or anything, but they really hammer home like this is out of your scope of practice. So try to network with people that you can then recommend your clients to because you are not qualified to do this. Like, and I commend them for doing that. However, and I haven't taken the certification because I have no interest in giving people meal plans because I'm not a dietitian. So I don't feel like I would still have the qualifications to do it even with it. But they also offer a like continuing education, nutrition um, certification. And I don't really know what exactly goes into it. But I would imagine it's not it's like an, a virtual online little quick course. Mm. And then you take a quiz at the end. And then you have the certificate and feel like you should be able to give people meal plans like you don't still really have the education to be doing that. But yeah, I do see some trainers that like have those kind of certifications and give out advice or maybe go a step further and give out meal plans, which I don't love. I've seen a lot of trainers do like big group programs where they'll have um, like one size fit all fits all workouts and meal plans, which I really don't love. Um, and then there are, you know, the pe- the trainers or whoever, even like fitness influencers, which like, uh, I roll a whole other conversation there. But um, that just kind of like see all the wellness trends on Instagram, and then try to push that stuff out themselves as like facts, I guess. So yeah, you, you see it all, but no, they should not be doing that. <laughs> Okay. And the reason I'm talking about this is not to trigger anyone. And if anyone is getting triggered, um, you know, maybe just acknowledge, like we're talking about something that is a very uh, potentially triggering topic, you know, as you know, some of myself who's had a history with eating disorder, I know this can be a a difficult topic. Um, But I think I want to bring awareness to it because it can be so easy to fall down the slippery slope of just having the best of intentions to, you know, maybe just try to get some movement going in your life or saying, you know, I just want to quote unquote be healthy or whatever that means. And suddenly find yourself down a rabbit hole of, Oh my gosh, now I feel like, you know, I'm being told if I don't work out this much or this many minutes or do this much, or, Mm -hmm. you know, you're feeling guilty or you're, you may have hired some trainer that promised you to look a certain way or something. And you're feeling like, Oh, I'm not, I haven't achieved that look or I haven't achieved that goal. And maybe it's my fault. I'm not doing enough or I'm not following this plan enough. And so you just keep upping the ante saying like, okay, maybe I just need to do more or I need to eat less or I need to this or I need to that and blaming yourself. Um, And that can really get you down the the hole to an eating disorder and and you don't even know it. And so I'm, you know, glad Amanda's here to kind of say like, like you said, you can't promise those results and it's, not your fault. Um, yeah. It's just yeah. like a diet. Like you yeah. didn't fail at a diet. The diet was designed to fail you. And like very much 
same sentiment. Like I hope I don't come across as really negative or like I'm tearing people down or something, but I also know the risks that are involved with stepping beyond your scope of practice and like using these different measures to gain business because it is such a slippery slope to whether it's a full-blown eating disorder or just really like guilt-ridden thoughts and or shame or like we have enough to deal with. We don't need to also bring that stuff into our lives. So if I sound negative, it's only because I'm passionate and I want to like protect everyone out there from all of that. <laughs> and it is confusing, right? Like it I is. go online just to see what's out there and it is toxic, right? Like people, uh, there's a lot of um, posts out there, you know, um, people promoting quote unquote wellness or it's for your health. And, you know, when I, I start reading their posts and it's really uh, like you said, it's, it's diet culture in disguise. And so it's really, I want to bring awareness to that, like be really mindful to look at things with a critical eye. And if yeah. there's promoting, you know, restriction or really rigid rules or promising you things that seem really lofty or, you know, showing a lot of body pics, like you mentioned, or things like that, like really ask yourself, is that is that about my well-being and is that about doing something that feels good in my body and just improving like my overall I guess um emotional and physical health and well-being or is that something else because that's that's when you're showing pictures and you're showing you know very rigid restrictive plans and you're cutting out food groups and you're doing all this stuff that's that's different right (laughs) yeah red flag no, I had, um, I guess you could call her like a nutrition expert. She just didn't go the like clinical traditional route. She kind of just studies um, nutrition and has a bunch of different degrees and um, does a lot of research, um, which is amazing because so much of this stuff just really isn't researched. Um, and she brought up a really good point of like, in terms of fitness influencers or whoever mm-hmm. it is, if you're seeing someone that is presenting a problem to you that you didn't know that you had. For instance, like, uh, I don't know if you want to talk about like green juices or something like they're like, Oh, well your gut health or whatever it is that like, you didn't know you needed to be worrying about that. Or it's like a very vague thing. Like, Oh, it's good for your gut. Well, can you elaborate? But if they're identifying or presenting this problem that you didn't know that you exist, that it existed. And at the same time, solving that problem for you with something as simple as like a juice or something like that. That's a giant red flag, which mm-hmm. like, yes, such a good point. And yeah, look at it critically. If you can go to their website and find their certifications, and if they don't have them listed, like don't listen to them <laughs> <laughs> or ask them, you know, like just be critical because there's so much. It's just a giant rabbit hole down there on the internet. <laughs> well, and and I think, you know, even the way we're talking about it, we're still connecting, you know, food and exercise like they're one and the same. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's my biggest beef is like, can they be two separate entities? Because they totally. really don't need to be tied. And I think that's part of the diet culture too is mm-hmm 
they they don't need to be. And so if we take that apart from it and just look at movement, you know, I don't even want to call it exercise. Like yeah. our bodies we're meant to move, right? <laughs> like we're biological beings that move, right? Yeah. Um, what is the purpose of exercise? Because, you know, if you do do a Google search, you know, so many um, things come up where it's like about exercise for like we've talked about weight loss, exercise for <laughs> looking better, exercise for all these other things. But at what point is exercise, like does somebody want to hire you as a personal trainer, exercise for health, like maybe, you know, preventing osteoporosis or oh. better heart health or being able to get better functional fitness. And what I mean by that is like, I want to lift my groceries from the yes. car to the, you know, into the house without like feeling strained, or I want to be able to walk upstairs without being winded or I want yeah. to lift my grandchildren or like, you know, I yes. want to be able to go to Disneyland and walk around all day and like not be hurting at the end of the day, or, you know, just things like that, like being able to live and exist in the world. Um, that's what I'm talking about. Like, yeah, a hundred percent. And I feel like thinking about fitness that way, obviously it's a whole mindset shift. And if you're not able to like decouple movement or exercise with weight loss and all that, like at first, don't get down on yourself very much like how body positivity can feel really scary and like not genuine because you're not going to feel positive every single day. Like that's okay. It's we've been taught for so long that exercise is, you know, the first part of what you were saying. But if you can start to think of it like that more and more, it becomes so much more approachable, so much more fun because it's just not so serious. The stakes aren't as high. You can fit it into your life. It doesn't have to be like, I feel like there were so many times in my own life and I, you know, hear people at the gyms or whatever it is that like, you know, they're tied to their fitness tracker, their Apple watch or whatever. Mm -hmm. And they leave the workout and they're like, oh, well, that didn't count because they didn't burn enough calories or whatever it was. And imagine if you could like, totally walk away from either a workout or a walk or whatever it is and just be like, wow, like my mind feels clear. I feel like I have more energy, like that just felt really good. And I'm in a better mood and think about all that other stuff that you gain from just moving your body. However, mm -hmm. that's amazing. Yeah. So I, I'm actually curious, like, do you ever get people or did you ever get people who called and didn't want the diet culture goals who just wanted maybe, you know, to feel better or to, you know, de-stress or, you know, like I'm, you know, find myself like winded walking up the stairs. I yes. want to like not have that in my life anymore. Like, did you ever get calls like that? Yeah, a hundred percent. It's funny because a lot of the times when I get like personal training inquiries, it starts off as very weight focused and like, oh, I have this event and I really want to lose however many pounds. But then like the more we talk and we dig deeper, it is a lot of that. Like I walk to work and I'm like trailing behind my boyfriend and I'm huffing and puffing or, you know, a lot of the, um, like, I just want to feel like I can, I can move or I want to feel like I can walk into a gym and not be 
embarrassed or afraid that I'm going to look stupid because I don't know what I'm doing. Um, like I feel like once you dig a little deeper in the conversations, they'll kind of get there. Um, but yeah, I definitely have a lot of clients that just have been intimidated for so long by Mm -hmm. the whole culture of it all. I feel like especially being in a major city, there's boutique fitness has really taken off, which is amazing because there are so many options, but at the same time, it can kind of have that negative feel to it where, you know, everyone's wearing the, their perfect matching sets and, Mm -hmm. uh, everyone like looks a certain way or whatever it is, or the trainers are saying things that like just make you feel like crap because you have to modify or something. So a lot of women will come to me and just be like, I've never liked working out. Mm -hmm. And I just want to figure out like how I can start liking it. (laughs) Yeah, that's a whole nother level. Like just being able to go somewhere where you feel comfortable and you feel like, okay, I can feel good being here. I can feel good in my body. I can feel comfortable and I walk away and feel better. Yeah. I feel like so many people just, and at no fault of their own, um, think that exercise is just fits into this little box. But I would definitely challenge people to, especially if you're someone that like, like I said, like has never liked exercise or like, I'm just not like the workout type of person or, you know, I've tried workout routines and I always fall off within a couple of weeks and I get really down on myself, very similar to, you know, like the diet Mm -hmm. cycle. Um, and I would challenge you to really think about like, even reflect back to your childhood and like, can you think about times where you had so much fun or you felt really like connected to your body or really alive? And so many people will be like, you know, I loved to dance and I don't know like when I stopped doing that, but like, okay, great. Go on YouTube, find a dance workout, find Mm -hmm. if you feel comfortable enough find a dance class wherever you're at. Or, you know, some people think that, oh, well, I have to go to this workout class or else the whole doesn't count thing where it's like, start by going for a walk, find a good playlist that's going to like pump you up or make you feel good or find a good podcast. Hello. (laughs) Um, Or audiobook and just go outside, spend some time in the fresh air. And that totally counts, you know? Yeah. And, you know, I think you said something that makes it about what works for you, what feels good for you instead of, you know, shifting the focus away from all this diet culture. Um, I once something clicked for me once I heard somebody say, yeah, I just like to do something that just feels good in my body, like yeah. makes my body feel good. And I remember I, this is when I was in my disorder and I'm going, what? What do you mean? What does that mean? <laughs> for me, it always felt like it was this punishing thing, right? That was yes. like, I have to do it. And, you know, it was so like, like you said, I, I didn't have a fitness tracker back then. They didn't exist, but it was like, I did a certain number yeah. of minutes and certain this and certain that. And I was like, well, that's interesting. What do you mean? It feels good on your, what is that? <laughs> yes, 100%. Even think about the way that like, we tend to um, talk about our bodies in terms of working out or whatever. It's like, oh, that class absolutely killed my body or like, I like it murdered me or like all these like very, (laughs) very intense things where like, what if you left a workout feeling like really energized? (laughs) What would that feel like? And that doesn't 
mean that you're not working or working hard, but it doesn't have to be about this thing like, I am going to absolutely tear my body apart. Because <laughs> <laughs> it really does come from that punishment mindset, right? What was that quote? No pain, no gain. I just remember yes. that. Yes. Oh, that's a horrible statement. That's awful. Mm-hmm. I was even looking through, I feel like funny timing, um, as building out a little freebie thing on Canva, actually very similar to this, um, just ways to create a sustainable movement routine that you actually will like. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was trying to find a template that I liked. And so I'm searching workout or exercise or whatever within the templates and every single one, every single one were these like super, super dark colors and very intense pictures. And there were so many sayings like that. The, I think no pain, no gain was an actual saying on there. There was another one that was like very similar to that. I can't remember what it was, but I just looked at it and was like, I'm in the wrong place. (laughs) (laughs) Like, why does it have to be I like want to go back and look. It's going to really bug me for the rest of the day what the saying was. It was, oh, it was like, drain insane or remain the same or something like oh that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. That's and I was awful. like, and a picture of a guy like, you know, throwing around some giant weights and he's looking really angry and everything. Like, this is why no one thinks that fitness is approachable. <laughs> well, yeah. Gosh, it's just torture. Right, right. Like, it doesn't have to be torture. And, some and days it might sort of feel like that. I mean, I get it. Not every day is going to feel like rainbow and butterflies, but also it doesn't have to be torturous. Gosh, right? But it, I think there is that component to it. It almost, when you're in like, dis, it's disordered, you feel like it's punishment for something you just ate, right? So if that's happening, really sit back and go, whoa, I'm not exercising to feel better. I'm exercising because I'm punishing myself. I'm trying to compensate for something. This isn't about just exercise to feel better or to improve my mood or to, you know, come back home and be like, oh, I feel so much less stress or I just feel better. Yeah, totally. I mean, I feel like it's very similar to um, kind of like learning like gentle nutrition with intuitive eating or learning how to listen to your body. Like that's something that we kind of push down and ignore for so long that it might take a while for you to be like, what would feel good on my body today? What does that even mean? <laughs> like, But you can get to a point. And I feel like it's really similar um, to something that you talk about that cognitive distortion kind of thing like having those thoughts of like I I need to go to the gym because I ate whatever last night or I did whatever over the weekend so I need to now restrict and I need to punish myself in the gym the next morning Um, and you can catch those thoughts and talk yourself out of it a little bit you don't just have to run (laughs) run with it every time yeah like I should do this or I have to do this or I can't eat today or I ate that. So now I, I need to go to the gym. You know, if you're having those kind of thoughts, like people don't, you know, and I've said this on podcasts before, but you know, people don't realize that you can use exercise as a purging technique. People think, mm. you know, purging is just like self-induced vomiting or things like that, but you can run down the slippery slope of really using exercise as a way to compensate and, you know, not really realize you're using it to compensate for what you ate or, giving yourself permission to later, um, 
which, you know, be mindful. And uh, like you said, like, are you doing that? Um, Again, I'm doing this podcast with you because I want to bring the awareness of like, is it a struggle for you to just focus on exercise and movement separate from what you're eating? Um, Because I think that's a challenge I want to bring up to everybody is, can you do it? Can we stop tying them together? They're not supposed to be connected. Totally. Totally. And like, I think, yeah, it just takes the intention of slowing down and like asking yourself those questions. And because so much of this stuff is just so normalized in our society um, and like within diet culture and wellness culture and all of that. And it doesn't have to be a normal thing in your life. Like you feeling super negative and guilty and shameful and down on yourself does not need to be the norm. It just takes some unlearning and like intentional internal work. But um, one thing I would challenge you if you are feeling like, oh, wait, maybe I am doing this is to take a break from your fitness tracker, whether it's for a day, whether it's for five days a week, whatever, and like reflect, maybe journal on it and like reflect on how your workouts feel different, how your thoughts are different around them. Um, It's a small step, but it seems to be something that can be helpful just because so many people are so tied to those numbers. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm not a big fan of those trackers, I swear. Yeah, Yeah, I can't do it. (laughs) Yeah, it just, because it it does, it makes it almost like, uh, I don't know, like, I don't know how to say this, but well, I, I got a, I, I really was hesitating getting an Apple watch. My, my mom got me one for Christmas because she was saying, you know, we need to get a hold of you. You shut your phone off all the time. I'm <laughs> able to call you. Right. You're like, but yes, I want to disconnect. <laughs> I, I couldn't shut off the alert of like, cause I walk my dogs a lot. I couldn't shut off that alert. that says like exercise ring closed or whatever. And I was oh, like, yeah. I, the alert, I tried to shut it off, but it would go off at the most inopportune times. Like, <laughs> right. Or it's like, get up. <laughs> I'm You're like, sitting. stop, you know, like be quiet. Um, but that's another reason I didn't like it. It would be like, I'm in the middle of a quiet place. And even if my phone was on, do not disturb, that thing would go off. And I'm like, oh, oh my, my gosh, just stop. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I cannot give you any tech help there. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, and it's so not black or white. Like some people go through life and I am so envious of them. Not really being run by a lot of that comparison and those thoughts. And they can be super neutral about like, cool, I did this workout on my Apple Watch just telling me some stuff about it. But like, all right, we'll file that away and whatever. (laughs) But for so many other people, it really, really is not as peaceful as that, which is why I have the opinions that I have about them. But like, it doesn't mean that like, it's bad to have one, like, do whatever works for you. Just like, be mindful about it. Right. And if you're not reaching, I hear this too. If I'm not reaching my 10,000 steps, like, you know, I didn't have a good day and I'm going, I I actually looked this up, like why the 10,000 steps became a thing. And there's not much to it. Like you, you know, I've read some blogs of people said I did it, you know, to see what would happen in my life. And it's kind of an arbitrary number that was just put out there, but now it's like a thing. And so if anyone out there is like beholden to this 10,000 step thing, like also breathe, relax, like, that's a yeah. big lofty goal every day. It, it really is. is. Especially with so many of us like working from home and everything still. It's like, 
you can only pace around your living room so much. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if you can get out for a walk, that's amazing. Like so great for your mental health for whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, it's also one of those things. It's like, yeah, there's not really a lot of research there. It's Mm -hmm. just somehow become a thing that we all feel like we have to do. Yeah. So much, so much of this stuff. Right. Like, like I said, be critical, question things and do things that work in your life that don't, if something's making you feel pressure and you're like, I have to fit this in, I must fit this in, or you feel guilty or you feel bad, really question that. Like what's going on there? Yeah, totally. And if you're at a gym or, you know, you go to different classes or you see a trainer or something and the trainers are saying things that trigger those thoughts and, you know, saying the like, earn your whatever, like all those kinds of things. If the gym that you're going to, if their marketing is all about like, you're going to burn X amount of calories in this class or promoting all of that very low hanging fruit, preying on your insecurities, I would consider not supporting them anymore, but also more critically, like talking to someone if you feel comfortable um, and addressing it and being like, you know, actually, I think most of us would like really appreciate if you change some of your language because it doesn't make us feel good. Like a lot of people are just still tied to the very old school, like negative marketing trends and like challenge them a little bit. Like, that's okay. But also we, I mean, I guess it's not like voting, but like our dollar is our way to, I can't think of the word besides like vote with your dollar kind of thing. But um, you can also, hopefully, if you live in an area with more choices, can find a place that might be a little bit more inclusive and welcoming and positive too. Or you can call me and we can do some virtual training if you're not in Boston. <laughs> Right, which became a thing too during the pandemic. Yeah. So absolutely. It's also positive. Awesome. Well, speaking of which, um, you know, how can people get in touch with you or get a hold of you if they do want to actually have a conversation or do uh, some work with you? Yeah, totally. So a little confusing because I just got married and changed my name. So now I'm like half changed and half not. Um, but my website is Build with Brabeck. That's B-R-A-B-E-C. Um, my Instagram handle, there's a Build with Brabeck podcast. And then my personal Instagram, which is still where I promote a lot of this stuff, is Amanda two underscores Driscoll. Um, and that's pretty much where you can find me. Congratulations on getting married too. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right. So any final last words or, um, you know, anything inspiring for people before we end? Um, I would just love to reiterate again that, you know, fitness doesn't need to be intimidating and it doesn't need to be negative and it doesn't need to feel icky. Like there are people out there that can help you make it more of a positive experience. And even if you feel like you're someone that's never been the exercise type and you've never liked it. Like you can still find ways to move that feel good and make you feel like you're living like a healthier lifestyle, if you will. So yeah. 
Well, thank you so much for being here. Really appreciate it. And uh, hopefully people will walk away from this podcast realizing that um, movement doesn't have to be a horrible thing and it has nothing to do with diet culture. So thank you. Do what works for you. Thank you so much. This was great. This podcast is designed to provide accurate and authoritative information in regards to the subject matter covered. It is given with the understanding that neither the host, the publisher, or the guests are rendering legal, accounting, clinical, or any other professional information. If you want a professional, you should find 